that we have the responsibility to provide the same attention to recruitment that we're providing to census development. Take that same person who probably can't even go in to the hospital these days. Take those people and send them out to the local supermarket. Let them stop anybody in scrubs and say, would you like to learn for this work for this facility? What makes a good job for you? Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Welcome to this live broadcast of the Nursing Home Podcast, the podcast where nursing home administrators, professionals, and others go to to find up-to-date and current information about the nursing home industry. In this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, we are going to discuss staffing and recruitment. Staffing and recruitment is a very painful, challenging subject. Um, you know, uh, here at Quality Recruit, this is something that we deal with all the time. It's not a secret. Um, and I wanted to share some of the feedback from working with lots of clients um, and some practical things that you can implement today in order to be successful with your recruitment and your staffing in a nursing home. So let's start from the very beginning. If we start, just look at the problem. Let's just clearly identify what the problem is. So we know that Pre-COVID, a couple years ago, staffing has always been a challenge. But we've never seen the challenge to be quite like it is today. Today, we, instead of CNAs coming in and being happy to have the opportunity to interview and nurses, and really up until and including administrators of nursing, everybody really, um, people would be appreciative for the opportunity to interview, would prepare professionally for that interview and would come in and would be happy if they're offered a rate. And it's completely flipped, you know, where some a CNA will come in and say, I want $25 an hour or I'm going down the block. And the, re- and the reason why they can do this is because they will get more down the block. And if they end up working down the block and then you offer a little bit more, they'll come back to you. So it seems like the loyalty is completely gone. The ability to afford consistent staffing seems to be almost unattainable. Many agencies have come in, and although people have all sorts of colorful things to say about agencies and price gouging and all this, and some unscrupulous agencies probably are guilty of that, at the same time, they fill a need, they fill a void, because without them, many nursing homes would really not know how to staff their facilities. So the question is, where did all the staff go? Where did the CNAs go? Where did the nurses go? The same CNAs that were getting paid $15 an hour for decades and just, you know, slowly, incrementally getting small raises, hopefully, you know, keeping up with inflation. Where are they all right now? Where, and it doesn't just apply to nursing homes. If you go the same thing to supermarkets, hotels, any industry that you're in, we see that pilots, delivery people, it seems like people just don't have to work. Now, we know during COVID, 
there were all sorts of stimuluses and benefits and checks that were unemployment, all sorts of programs that were going out to many, many people. And that helped and gave a lot of people the ability and the flexibility that they probably needed at that time in order to sustain themselves when they couldn't work or they couldn't get to work or they were sick and they couldn't go to work or they're going to work anyway and deserve to be compensated for going to work. Whatever that is, there were mortgage delayment systems, you know, where you didn't have to pay your mortgage, the other, you know, big bills that were pushed off. And that's all fine and true. But the question is, that stuff really is, is yesterday. You know, that stuff is something that happened, but it's not something that is still current. That's not something that still happens now. And to the, you know, to the best of my knowledge, and I spoke to a lot of people about this, most of these things are done. So how, how are these people making ends meet? That is something, I'll just say straight out now, something we are not going to resolve in this conversation, but I would love for some for feedback on this. If you have any ideas of what the solution to that might be, even just not the solution to understand how that is the way it is, love to hear about it. Okay, moving right along. So now practically, none of that really matters. Because at the end of the day, we got to staff nursing homes, regardless if we understand why we have the challenge or not. So how do we be successful in staffing our nursing homes today with this current challenge? So the number one thing, at least that I hear when I ask, you know, clients or prospects, you know, about what they're doing and how they think they're going to be different is culture. COVID, everybody reevaluated. Life is short. It's not worth working in an environment that's not healthy. It's not worth doing something they're not passionate about. There are things more important than just a good job. So people are very into culture. We want to make sure that we are working and doing something that we care about, an environment that we care about, an environment that we feel cared for. So it's true. It's easier said than done. If there was a culture that truly valued every single employee and really took the time to understand each, each person's trajectory and what they want to do professionally, it would certainly help. But at the same time, is that really happening? Is that even practical? Do people even know what that means? Is there any, are there any facilities that are doing this correctly right now? Probably some, but not too many. That's certainly not an easy fix and that may require an outside uh, and I'll say an agency or a company or somebody to come in and take a hard look, understand the core problems and implement some changes. But you can begin slowly one step at a time, you know, meet with your team and see what do you think the culture is and don't armchair analysis this, call in three CNAs and ask them what, how they feel about the culture. The ones, you know, you could speak to the ones that will be honest with you. Do the same thing with nurses, housekeepers, Find out from them what they think, because what we think is going on and what they think is going on many times is not the same thing. But if you can get that down pat, you're giving people a reason to want to stay. They feel like they're family. They feel like they're supporting each other. They feel like they're there for each other. That's number one. Culture is a real, real thing. Um, okay, second point, rates. When we talk about rates, you know, everyone's adjusting their pay rates and everyone has to be competitive. You don't have to be paying the most. We have to be paying at least similar to other places so that they can't say, I'm not going to work for you because your rates are terrible. If your rates really are terrible, 
then unless you have some other very strong reason why someone should want to work for you, why should they want to work for you? So really, it means taking an honest look at finding out if your rates are competitive. How do you do this? I found that most facilities, at least on like the business office level or HR level, if you share their rates, they'll share. If you share your rates, they'll share their rates. And it would be honest with them. Say, listen, we, you know, we understand that we're competing for the same staff. Or you don't even have to speak that out. You can just say, you know, we're doing an analysis of staffing, um, you know, in the area. And we want to make sure that we're paying competitively. Do you mind sharing your rates? And I'll tell you what we're paying. And, you know, you share as much as you want to share in order to find out if you're really paying the, the rates that you should be paying. And then if you find that you're not, you may have to make an adjustment across the board. Now, that, that could be a significant investment, especially if you have a decent-sized staff. Um, but if you're really underpaying them what they deserve, then that it probably was long overdue. This is just going to force you to get to where you need to be. Now, the painful part of this is that you're even if you're paying your staff more, first of all, it's not just your new staff. Um, it's going to be very difficult, and you'll have to ask your legal team if it's even legal. But even if it was, it's going to be very difficult to hire new employees at a higher rate than your current employees. They're getting preferential treatment. And just because I'm working here for 20 years, why do, why do I get paid less than somebody who's straight out of high school? And that's, that's a good point. I think about it from their perspective, that makes a lot of sense. The challenge with paying too much is that, for the most part, the government has not adjusted reimbursement to nursing homes based on the cost that, uh, that there is to adjust the rates. Uh, this has always been a problem, but especially now there's been a major um, increase in rates and many people are just climbing and climbing and climbing, almost competing with agencies. That itself um, is a problem and you have to be very careful with it. And you have to you know, crunch the numbers to make sure that it's sustainable. Um, so, that, so that's the second thing about the rates. But at, that, at the end of the day, if your rates are garbage, if your rates are not what they should be, if your rates are worse than everyone else in the area, why should they want to work with you? I would say number three, and truth is this, I'm saying number three is really number one. And this is, there needs to be a mindset shift for any operator. And when I say operator, I mean owner, regional, administrative, director of nurses, HR, business office, and anyone who's doing any hiring for nursing homes in regards to the concept of recruitment. Because recruitment used to be at one of those things that HR or the BOM used to do. And it was just, you know, there's a leave of absence, you know, legal stuff that has to be done and maternity leaves and payroll processing and scheduling. And another thing was recruitment because we know that the normal way a nursing home goes, people come, people go. So someone has to manage that process and always be constantly hiring so that you have enough people to take care of the residents. That can't be the, and it used to be pretty much like a one person show. And whoever that one person is, maybe they work with the DON, work with the administrator, but that has to change. And I think the best way to explain it in nursing home terminology is we have to start treating recruitment like census. What do I mean by that? What do you mean recruitment like census? Recruitment and census are two different things, right? Census is getting more residents in the building, keeping them there, um, and recruitment is getting people to care for them. But if we look at census building, because census building directly equals revenue, there's a budget, a healthy budget usually for for marketing. 
You have highly compensated individuals whose entire job is to develop relationships with the hospital case managers, to go to the local community organizations, the senior centers, any other place where independent living facilities, um, assisted living facilities, uh, any other place where seniors or their adult decision makers may hang out in order to develop those relationships in the hope that, of course, if it's today or tomorrow, that's great, but eventually they'll remember that, you know, golden whatever, and, you know, and the person who was there was very nice, let me reach out to them, let me Google their number, and hopefully we'll get somebody. The, you know, with hospital case managers, a little bit more direct, uh, but that's the basic idea. And there's a lot of money, there's a big budget for stuff like this, and a lot of time and attention. And uh, Many facilities have weekly marketing meetings in-house, and maybe even a regional marketing meeting, reviewing where all the referrals came from, and all sorts of, you know, software and technology to track all this information. And it's given a lot of attention, time and attention. So the time has come that we have the responsibility to provide the same attention to recruitment that we're providing to census development, which means you may, it may even make sense to take your clinical liaisons, your external marketers, whatever you want to call them, the people that would leave your nursing home and go to the hospitals to harass, um, beg, plead and sell to the hospital case managers. And they would ask them, you know, new, do you, ha do you have somebody for me? Do you have a Medicare patient for me? Uh, do you have anybody for me? You know, we'll take it. We'll take one hard one and then you give us five good ones. You know, we send us your challenging ones. Take that same person who probably can't even go in to the hospital these days. Or has limited access and limited ability. Um, because of COVID, even without COVID, a lot of hospitals are cutting down because it's just annoying and that their people can't do their job. So take those people and send them out to the local supermarket. Let them stop anybody in scrubs and say, would you like to learn for this work for this facility? What makes a good job for you? How could we make this work for you? Um, you know, and really reverse engineer the process. Don't wait for them to click on your Indeed ad that you paid through the roof for and then hope that they show up to your interview and hope that the process works well and then they'll come and pick up shifts. Find them where they are don't go to another nursing home and poach from them, um, but find, find them in the community. Find out where they hang out, whether it means physically finding places where they gather or whether it means local Facebook groups or any other places where they engage online. That can be a place uh, where you can be really successful in getting new people. So again, we spoke about the culture, we spoke about the rates, and we're speaking now about the mind shift which is necessary and the budget, which is necessary for this. Um, I'll add a, a fourth point, um, maybe which is fourth and fifth point, is what happens after they are scheduled for an interview and they actually show up to the building. This means you maybe had someone go out to the community and meet them. You probably, you had sponsored ads. Maybe you found them in a Facebook group. Maybe you, you had your team screen them and perhaps even did a phone or a Zoom interview already. And now they're finally walking in to the facility. And now they're, they're coming in. And thank you, Lindsay, uh, for weighing in. Find them in the community. Uh, don't wait for them to click on your ad. And that, yeah, this is, this is really true. Um, but now they're walking into the building. I can't tell you how many times we get feedback. Again, Quality Recruit helps our clients 
you know, do this process for them and we find those applicants for them and we bring them into the facility and then we follow up with them. And when we do, sometimes what we hear is not so pleasant and, you know, we feel it's our responsibility to share that. And sometimes people are going to say, we came to the building and it was locked. We came to the building and I waited outside for a while or, or I sat, so they told me to wait and I was there for 45 minutes. And then finally they told me that there's no one there to interview me. Or there was a you know 50-page application, which I just I hate filling out applications. My name on every single page over and over again. And all that was before I could even ask them my question, which was, how much what's your CNA rate? Because if it was less than 16 and I'm getting currently 17 or whatever, it's not worth making a move. And it just we're still treating them the old way. That doesn't work anymore. So in a practical level, if you have someone coming for a tour, right? Everybody knows. So this, this family's coming for a tour. And just because you hope to get them as a resident, you'll have fresh cookies from the dining room. You'll have the administrator and, you know, DON wearing their finest, greeting them at the front door. They'll get the royal treatment. You pre-plan the route exactly where they're going to go. You make sure the activity director passes by them during the tour so that they can have that positive interaction while they're holding some, you know, something exciting. I don't know, some good smelling popcorn or holding a beach ball or something that looks exciting. And you plan out every single step of the process to make sure that that tour works perfectly. And then we follow up with them and we, we give them the time of day and, the, and they're important. They're like DPH walked in the building, right? Department of Public Health walks in the building. They get that type of attention. This is what we need to do every time an applicant walks in the door. Let them feel like they arrived home. Let them feel like they came to a place that actually wants them there. Let them feel like they came to a place where they can, they can feel comfortable with the idea that they're going to be spending their time here, and that they'll be working here every single day. And then when they come, they feel wanted. Again, this is even before you deal with culture. This is just dealing with what the actual experience is like. And unfortunately, many times this is where the ball is dropped. I'll say one more thing that we've seen is that when someone is finally hired and the interview went well, they offered the job, the job was accepted. Now they're waiting to be called for orientation. A lot of times the balls drop there. Just that extra communication. If orientation is in a week, so reach out to them two days later, four days later, six, whatever it is, the day before orientation. Keep the relationship alive so that they'll, again, they'll continue feeling like this is, you know, they really want us. And again, some of these things could be automated. It doesn't have to be a whole overwhelming thing. I know how challenging it is to, on the operations side internally. It's not so simple. Easier said than done. It's not like you have somebody who could sit there, uh, which... I know I said I'll say five things, and I believe we're ready. We're ready past that. But one bonus thing I'll tell you is maximize the receptionists. So many times, the receptionist is like an awesome, awesome resource within the facility. The social worker is overwhelmed. They can barely find time to get in all the mandatory documentation and mandatory one-on-one meetings and everything that has to be done, getting the MDS is done. You have the admissions person many times is overwhelmed. You have the administrator, the UN, all the department heads, the nurses, they're overwhelmed. The receptionist many times is, has a lot of downtime. And many times they use that time wisely. And they are doing crossword puzzles and Sudoku and Instagram and all sorts of important things. Um, they don't have blocks of t- uninterrupted time by the very nature of the job. They're answering the phone. They're opening the door, closing the door, taking out the smokers and doing all different things. But there's a lot of downtime in between where they can get a lot of small tasks done. And they can really be helpful with the recruitment process, whether it means calling, making calls, 
um, reminding people, you know, here's a list of people you need to call today. Uh, even more importantly, they have to be trained that when somebody walks in and says, I have an interview, don't question them. Even if they're lying and they don't have an interview, give them an interview. They made a mistake, whatever it is. They're there. They have to be treated like royalty. Stop. Sure. Have a seat. Immediately track down who's the person who would interview them. If that person's not there, please have somebody else interview them. Now, sometimes the HR person, you know, is sick. Okay, no interviews for a week. No way. Can't do that. You know, so if the HR person can't do it, someone else is going to do that interview for them. Okay, there's a lot more to talk about, but just a quick recap here. And actually, before we do that, you know, we'll just say like this. We're, other than creating people from thin air or bringing people in from overseas, you know, cr just creating a bigger pool, a bigger, bigger pie, that would be a real solution here. But now that we're talking about managing within the crisis and being successful, even with the pool being what it is. So number one is really taking culture seriously, which it may mean bringing in some outside assistance for this, but it should start without that. Take a deep dive, understand what your culture is, have some real honest conversations about that, and make one small change in the right direction so that people actually want to work in your facility. Number two, look at your rates. Don't adjust your rates to agency rates, but make sure you're not below average, because if you're below average, why should, you have to give a very strong reason why someone should want to work for you. Number three, mindset shift. Understand that recruitment is as important as census. Some facilities are more important than census. Some facilities have to close their close admission because they don't have the staff to care for those people. Is a budget for census? There should be a budget for recruitment. Going outside to supermarkets, uh, finding people, treat them when they and, and number four when they come in, treat them like royalty. No two hundred page applications. They should be waiting for hours on end. Um, to get their application, and please, please, please call them back. If you would like assistance with any of this, here comes the shameless plug. If, first of all, if you're going to be in Chicago and Top Golf, and you need assistance with this process, uh, you know maybe you don't have someone in house that can do this, or you're trying and it's not working. I'll be there in person. Please let's speak, and let's see if we're a good fit. We're not a fit for everybody. It, you know, if this is all perfect for you and you have a great system in, in house. You know, we have a lot of new things coming down the pike and some interesting uh, ways of increasing the pie. But again, a lot of that is not yet ready. But if, if you need us to help you really revamp your recruitment process and really take it over and deliver qualified candidates to your door, you definitely need to hit me up. So if you can see me there live, great. If you're on LinkedIn, you can send me a direct message or you can just send me an email. It's Shmuel, S-H-M-U-E-L, as you see on the screen, I believe at qualityrecruit.com and you know we could, we could hop on a call zoom teams whatever um and we could discuss it thank you for tuning into this episode of the nursing home podcast five practical solutions that you can implement today to help with your recruitment and staffing challenges in your nursing home um, i would love to hear some feedback you can hit me up on linkedin about that as well um, or leave a comment if you like this format or not, this is interesting for me. Um, I'm curious to know what your feedback is on that as well. All right, awesome. Thank you so much. And checking out for now, have an awesome, amazing day. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast. 
and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.